You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ariel Hawani, host of the MMA Hour on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Each week, we interview the biggest names in the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. So tune in live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern over at MMAfighting.com or download the show afterwards on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you then. Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. I'm Ben Epstein, joined in studio by Mike Prada. Hello. And then we also have, over the magic of Skype and the phone, we have Hector Diaz, Whitney Medworth, and Madu Zito. Madu. Yeah, well, no, that's his new name. I was going to leave with my last Zito. name. Madu Zito. <laughs> Zito Madu. Longtime guest of this pod, making his uh, first All-Star Game appearance here. But we had Hector and Whitney at the All-Star Game weekend, the festivities in L.A. And I guess we wanted to go in chronological order here because we don't want to bury the lead, which is Mike Hates, the three-point contest. But we are burying But we're going to bury that for a moment. <laughs> I want to get. By the Hector- way, <laughs> how, hello. How are you guys doing? Yeah, how? Uh, how? I understand you went to Disneyland or Disney. Wait, Disneyland is the one in LA, right? Land is Disneyland. LA. Yeah. Disneyland on your off day. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> it was super fun. <laughs> Just a I couple like, of adults like- hanging out at Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. I legit have not been there in ten years, even though I like live in the area. So <laughs> it, it was just wonderful. I was walking around and I was telling Whitney like, whoa, I remember being 12 years old and just like my parents didn't buy me something at this store. Like, this ride, it was amazing. Yeah, That's the place where I wanted ice cream and it, it didn't get any ice cream. Yeah, no, I, exactly. I, I, I've been to like Disneyland that. a few times and I'm always overwhelmed there. I think last time I want to say I got I got like too wet early in the day and then the temperature dipped like 20 degrees and I was not having a good Ooh, time. That's not good. It's a big, it's a big mistake. That's good. I was also like 20 seven <laughs> you sound so embarrassed they, they they're totally cool how old are you now? how old am i right now or how old is hector no how old are you ben? i'm 30 i'm 31 said... i'm 31 okay yeah all right so because you made it sound like so long ago was... <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not old enough and i don't have kids so i don't have that building excuse of like yeah i just you know my kid really wanted to see the new harry potter exhibit that's right but it's in reality it's like i really wanted to go to the yeah but anyhow that's right i got that excuse now yeah yeah, but then you're also stressed out, so it does it balances out. <laughs> I hated amusement parks growing up. Really Did you? Did, yeah, didn't <laughs> like them. Not my cup of tea either. Yeah, never liked them. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about the All Star yeah. game. Let's start in chronological order here. Uh, Whitney, take me through the celebrity game. I believe that was the first of the events. Is it something we need to have next year or ever again, or is a celebrity game truly just the most vanity uh, exposed aspect of the weekend? Which is that this really the All Star game weekend is when we get to cherish the athletes as celebrities so this celebrity game itself is just an implicit part of the weekend yeah no i think like i think it's actually fun like it doesn't do any harm that it exists um (laughs) the celebrities aren't good like that's part of it though um it's fun and then you always find like the one or two celebrities that actually can ball a little bit like quavo or win butler (laughs) or whoever um so i know people get super upset that you know they're not good but like it doesn't hurt anything to have it, and that's kind of my take on the whole All-Star Weekend is that we're a little too serious about, like, disliking all of it, and we should try and enjoy ourselves a little more, and I feel the same way about the celebrity game. Like, huh. they're bad, and they, they know they're bad, and they're out there having a lot of fun. Like, being there, 
and seeing them just actually having fun and like different celebrities that you wouldn't normally see together, like talking and hanging out. Yeah. And you see like Candace Parker's daughter being able to get pictures with Justin Bieber, which was super cool for her. And mm-hmm. you see um, Nate Robinson's kids hanging out with, you know, Quavo, whoever. Like that was just Nate. That was cool. just Nate himself. <laughs> yeah, no. Sorry. No, no stupid, short joke. No short joke. jokes here. Well, um, wait till we get to Kevin Hart. No, Mike's got some jokes there, but no. Sorry, go ahead. I'm good um, on the Kevin Hart jokes. <laughs> but no, I just thought it was a cool experience. Um, it's obviously not like good basketball, but. That's not why I watch it. I don't watch it for, like, uh, impressive gameplay. Zito, is there someone you wish you saw in that game other than yourself? Oh, man. You can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you like, can't everybody? <laughs> no, I'm like, who's let's, – let's say this. I don't want to talk more I than mean, five more minutes on this, on this particular game. I want to I get to the, U, the uh, rookie sophomore world versus whatever the – yeah, the my what, least favorite. Whatever that is. Um, so, but real, real quick though, who is a celebrity? I'll throw this out there to everyone. Zito, you first, then Hector, then Mike. That you actually do want to see on that basketball court, because I think that might be the better question here. Like, if we were to say this game's happening in perpetuity, it's just part of the weekend. Which what's it, the celebrity that I want to see? I mean, Beyonce was right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to make it exciting, have Beyonce shoot a couple of shots. I think that would be more exciting than anything that ever happens there. Fair enough. Hector, you got anybody? I don't have anybody in particular, but I want to see everybody's agent there. <laughs> I want them to play because it's L.A. Like, that'll be the – just, like, make it a bit more interesting. Yeah. I want to see, like, I don't know, Quavo's agent and, like, Quavo coaching. It'll be, like, a bigger circus. Wait, Beyonce owns a stake in the Rockets? Yes. She's a Houston-based oh, I did celebrity. not know I yeah. did not know that. You're not even part of the yeah. hive. Like everybody in the hive knows it. Come on, man. Uh, well, obviously wow. not. Mike, who do you want to see in there? I really don't care about the celebrity yeah. game. I'm glad you guys do. I was amused though that Zito was managed to turn the celebrity game into like a very serious and interesting point about the inclusiveness of the NBA. <laughs> what was that point, Zito? Uh, I said that if you look at the celebrity game as like a competition, then then yeah, it's boring and it, it sucks and nobody's good. But that's not what it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Is the celebrity game shows you the wide range of influence that the NBA or appeal that the NBA has. So if you're looking at the celebrities who are interested in the game, who grew up like major basketball fans, you'll have Justin Bieber in the same place as Quavo. Mm-hmm. You'll have you have like just this wealth of different types of people. And I think that's, like, the big thing about the NBA is that, like, everybody likes basketball. And so what the NBA had to do was try to appeal to everybody, right? Like, with the whole Twitter being 24 hours, all of this. It was, it shows you that, like, the broad range of how many people NBA can reach is so much different than all the other American sports. That's I mean, that's a really it, good point. Like I said, yeah. he turned it into a very profound, <laughs> I, interesting point. Yeah, um, that's yeah. sort of the whole point of the whole weekend, too. Like, I, I think sometimes yeah. I hate these like stupid, like even the the weird ass intro before the uh, All Star game we'll with like there. Kevin Hart and Rob Riggle Broadway themed whatever that was. Yeah. Um, like the real like if you strip it away from like what it actually is, the whole point of these things is just to be like, hey, we can get Kevin Hart and Rob Riggle together enjoying basketball. Yeah. That's kind of the point, which is like if, sort of a thing you don't see in other sports. If you just uh, get a bag of change and you shake it real hard and make that like sh- noise, Rob Riggle just appears. If you I was wondering where you were going with so, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he, where? I think he's found himself a niche, which is just being that guy for every professional sports 
like big day. He did it for the Super Bowl. He did it for this. But anyhow, um, but Kevin Hart is not at the Super Bowl. I think that's no. Kevin point. Hart was at the Super Bowl. He was uh, just yeah, not officially. Drunk, right. Eagles. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyhow, so but yeah, I, I do think that's a great point, Zito. And then I, I know that Bubba Watson took some criticism for playing in it, and he was like, "I love basketball." I wanted to play yeah. in it, and I won the freaking golf tournament after that. So please don't criticize yeah, me for doing what I like. Bubba like Watson right there right. with like Quavo, two people you would never imagine being in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. but they're a love for basketball that like brings all these different types of people in one area. Yeah, we've had like the Secretary of Education being guarded God. by you know <laughs> you name the pop celebrity at wow. that moment. Zito, so this is really deep. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's something to explore here. But let's move on to the next uh, event that actually happened after that, which was what the World versus America rookie sophomore rendition. What, what, yeah. what do we actually call it now? Yeah. What, Winnie Heck, right? do you guys actually like this event? Because I I find the Rising Stars game to be the Rising most boring stars. part of the weekend. I have to admit. And I hope it's okay, Hector. We spent the Rising Stars game trying to find our press seat, so we missed it. <laughs> That's gonna say it's an over. Damn it! <laughs> what it was we, that, we sat down in the press seats with forty seconds to go in the game. Oh. It's okay. It was like a movie. We're like, so. we find us, we find our seats, and then we just look at the like the scoreboard. Forty seconds left. Cool. <laughs> but big time blow up by that point. <laughs> Um, yeah, because like uh, the celebrity game was in a different place, and that's right, that's right. we spent some time like looking for the secret tunnel um, mm-hmm. in the bottom of the in bottom staples, and we like just did some other things. Finally, got to the seat, and there were forty seconds left. So that's that's my take on that game. Yeah, it's also it says uh, that tells you a lot about what the on on scene experience is. It's just so different than what we get on TV. There's yeah. a, especially in LA, everything is like all over the place. Well, the the celebrity game was at the convention center, which is like a hundred yards from Staples. Well, obviously, it was a very long hundred yards, according <laughs> to them. Apparently, uh, <laughs> but no, no, it is it is different venues, and it's you know getting through security and getting in and out of and everything is is definitely a, okay. a bit of a hustle. But um, I, I'll say this: like I, I watched the game because you know what else am I going to do on on a Friday night? And uh, <clears throat> but the the <laughs> as a Really falling down a trap here, Mike. But I'm watching the game. I'm thinking to myself, anything. I'm watching because I have multiple Sixers are playing. I want to see, you know, Jalen Brown do crazy dunks. I just think of it as an extension. And if you watch that game, and in a vacuum, you just showed the dunks. They're basically the same quality of dunk, if not some of them were actually a little bit better, including oh, Mitchell God. doing more or less the same dunk in that game he did to win <sighs> we're already the dunk starting contest. Down this no, path. no, not in a negative way. No, I'm saying no, if you are. want dunks and you want exciting young sh- shit on the court, like. That's the Rising Stars is the game for that now because the All Star game itself picked up a different level of intensity this year. And like, there just were very few solo dunk breakaways in the game. There were like five. You know, there's there no, no one was mm. down with like throw it off the backboard and have someone else catch it. Like, there was someone there this time. Yeah. And so the, I thought the Rising Stars game was much more akin to what we've been, you know, grown accustomed to seeing uh, in the NBA All Star game the level of defense being non existent, the level of showcase being at the utmost. Um, I do think I don't. I don't think that players should be able to play in both that and the All Star oh. game. I think it should be one or the other. If it's a Why? showcase, because the idea is to showcase. Let more people in. Like let another, let someone else on the world team instead of Embiid, who's well, playing both. We should at some point. I do want to mention how kind of hilarious it was that Jimmy Butler just like BNP rested the All Star <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah Hector um, Whitney. Either of you see him out on Saturday night? <laughs> Uh yes, actually. <laughs> really? No comment. <laughs> Go on. He, he he was he was out on Saturday night. Um, he was out, and then I'm pretty sure people saw him on in like certain Instagram stories at like 5 a.m. as well. <laughs> Whatever, man. 
they don't get Wasn't any he wearing shorts or something. <laughs> he was wearing shorts. Yeah, he was out on Saturday night in some shorts and yeah. That's awesome. Mesh shorts or like what uh, cargo shorts? <laughs> He's just wearing his it damn uniform. Dark. It's like I don't think I don't think Jimmy Butler wears cargo shorts. But, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> no one wears. Shorts has a specific type of people that appeals to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what type, Zito? Huh? For, for fishing bait <laughs> and tackle. Professional athlete. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, people right, like me. All right. We we spent enough time on Friday night, guys. Let's move to the main the main well, course here. I want to talk about. So, <laughs> you talk about the All Star game, the Rising Stars game, being like casual, as like it was a yeah. good thing. And I think it's a good segue to talk about whether we actually liked the new All Star game. It certainly ended well. Yeah, we'll we'll end with the Duncan three point. Yeah, uh, like so. Okay, did, so I mean, you guys were in the building. Like, did you feel like there was more of an intensity to the crowd, or was it just sort of like a TV intensity type of thing? For for which night? For uh, Sunday night. Sunday night. For the the game, itself. game itself. Yeah. It's definitely made for TV, and mm. I mean, Hector's been in Staples more than I have, so I don't. I'm sure it gets loud in there um, when there's an actual game going on, and, and it definitely got loud in the last two minutes of the game. But the overall, like general vibe of the night was very very quiet hmm. and it was packed house right yeah 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 it was so so all right well it has to do with who's there right i mean it's the tickets are super expensive super it's expensive, not exactly yeah. even compared to most staple centers events right <laughs> that's true Good point. i mean even regular staple center events are like kind of tame it's like just to show up there like i went to like a phoenix suns game like like so long ago and i'm like wow these people are like really invested in this game they're not just there like sitting back um, so that might have just been like the general like Staples Center vibe for the All Star Game, even with like the celebrities. But I mean, more or less, it was entertaining. Um, at least I thought like the fans really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely found myself in the beginning. I was a little upset that I'm not watching the the general flow. I like the kind of way that the game had been going the last couple of years, and, and and in general, right? It's it, they play pretty loose, and then it tightens up, and you get those five minutes that that matter. Because my only concern watching it. This time was just like guys were going a little harder. There were more like inadvertent collisions than I've ever seen right. in an all-star game. Um, there were guys trying to block shots. You just you just never see that. Um, but I definitely think that this all-star game, and Zito, I want your opinion here, because you seem to be one of our kings of understanding the psychology of beefs and pettiness. With that in mind, it felt like this all-star game was a perfect mixture of three generations of NBA superstar. Your very young next, you know, iteration of of superstars. That'll be uh, your Embiid's, you know, who's making their first appearance. And then you also had your your middle, your guys who are like the next realm. Your your Giannis, who's been in the league for a little bit, taking over a little bit. Carl Anthony Towns, same thing with with Embiid. But your younger next level stars, your middle uh, mid twenty stars, as well as your Banana boat stars, let's call them the guys from the previous era with LeBron being there. Well, it's to just kind one of, banana boat star, one banana boat guy, but um, but plenty of guys who you know, like Durant and and LeBron played like the entire game and like played defense for thirty minutes of it. So I want to know what you think about the idea of mixing these generations and sort of LeBron trying to cement the hierarchy of like it's still my league, it's still my core uh, group of superstars league, as opposed to that next generation getting getting their opportunity. Well, I think LeBron and Kate. I, okay, I actually think a lot of the older people, the banana boat people mm-hmm. like Carmelo, Wade, mm-hmm. and the rest of them not being there was actually really good for the game. Yeah, because LeBron and KD talk about it in a interview with Kari Champion that I wrote about. 
is that they wanted the All-Star game, like, with this new format. They wanted to be more exciting. They wanted to be more, like, defensive. You know, they wanted to look more like an actual game so people wouldn't be so bored by it. And I think because it was just LeBron and KD there, their voice could carry more than if they said it with D-Wade and Carmelo and the rest of them were there. You know, they would just take it easy because they're old. Mm-hmm. Where LeBron and KD would go hard. And because they're going hard, everybody else kind of just follows suit. Yeah. So you have these young guys who are coming in here for the first time. And this is now the type of all-star game that they know. And then you have the the middle, like the middle of the park guys who actually might have wanted it to be more excited. But when all the older guys were there, they're vo- they didn't really have the voice to say those things. Like Westbrook plays hard all the time, right? Yep. At least offensive. But if it's just Westbrook doing it and the older guys are just like, you know, yeah. BSing, it does. It's not the same thing. So I it, I like the way that it was set up, and I like who was at the helm of it, right? With LeBron even winning MVP. Mm-hmm. Because if you get kind of rid of the older, more lackadaisical people, then LeBron and Durant get to just turn this all-star game into something that we actually want to see. Now, Zio, you said you didn't think the format really was the driving force behind the game feeling different. You said, essentially, as I understand it, you wrote this, is like the players just made a decision and it wouldn't have mattered if they picked teams or not. Wendy Hector, do you think the format really did this, or do you think it was the players, or is this like a really silly dichotomy that we're presenting? I I don't think that the format by itself caused the player. Like, I do think that switching it up caused them to get into the mindset to care more. Um, giving LeBron a team that he picks and giving Steph a team that he picks, I do think that's what kind of, like, amplified or like kickstarted the idea that they were going to care more. Like, sure. They might have come to this on their own eventually that they just need to care more. But I do think that like switching it up and giving them a purpose and maybe even giving them a little more money is kind of what finally made them decide to be like, yeah, okay, we are going to do this a little differently this time. Yeah, and I agree with that. And you could totally see it in like LeBron's expression when they won the dang thing. He's like so he happy. just started yeah. running down the court. Like if that reaction itself almost just like made like the slight changes worth it there that you can pick your team there. Yeah. I mean he they threw a a hard double team at Embiid with two minutes left. They doubled and that final possession was as good of help defense. And denying the you know passer um, in the corner with who had the ball in the last shot, Curry. Uh, DeRozan and Curry in the yeah. in the corner, and like that was, that was like how you would diagram defense yeah. at a relatively high level. And the play they ran out of a timeout yeah. to take the lead, yeah, well, who drew that one up. I don't, I'm not allowed to be intentionally biased anymore, but I no, don't then, do it. Don't Tony do it. Don't took, do it. Took out his best rim protector, okay. and then LeBron was like, "Hey, we should go right to the rim." Um, but it's that almost like matter. D'Antoni didn't care who won. That's right. That's right. It's an exhibition game. But I, I do think that uh, two things were very apparent right away. If the teams are going to decide to play better defense and actually try on, with man-to-man principles, there should be a few frameworks for sets to be running because otherwise— Well, there were. Yeah, but the defense won out, though, in this game for the most part. I mean, what was the final score? <laughs> buck 30, buck 30. It was, it was basically a Rockets-Golden uh, a, a Rockets State scoreline. Uh, I mean, a little more a, than that. I mean, you're saying the defense won out when the final score. I mean, I know what you're yeah. saying. It's not. <laughs> the, the score was high, but the game was a little ugly. Yeah, it's what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it didn't have, like, they didn't score. They didn't score 150, and it was, like, fun and pretty. It was, like, 140, and, like, 
like Ben said, people were bumping into each other and like, it was, it was an ugly way to get to 140. So it didn't have like that, that offensive flow that you might see because like they were trying harder, but they really didn't know how to play together. Yeah, Right. So see, that was, it was yeah. ugly. That was the thing I was saying in the first half. I was like, great. We've just turned down a King's magic game <laughs> in March where they're all tired and they don't really know each other. Um, terrific. I kind of wanted to see someone foul out just to see, like, okay, someone's really caring yeah. enough to draw, like, those six fouls. Yeah. yeah. Someone, there was someone in trouble early on. Well, no, the, the uh, one of the teams got in the penalty. Yeah, early well, there four were a minutes. lot of free throw shot. That was the yeah. thing about this. So, a brown was penalty. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, I think we can all agree the ending was really awesome, and we haven't seen a fun ending like that in the All-Star game since, what was the year that um, Kobe broke Dwayne Wade's, or was it Dwayne uh, Wade's nose eight, or whatever? Something like that. The yeah. one that we were talking yeah. Kind of Since then, we haven't really seen like a competitive ending to yeah. an All Star game. But I mean, the one thing I, the one sort of fundamental thing I kind of wonder about. I guess we'll see. It looked like more people watched it, so maybe this premise is silly. It's like, why do we need the All Star game to be like a normal game? Why does it need to be competitive? I mean, we're sort of taking it for granted. You mean five it, on five basketball? Yeah. I mean, I'm also just sort of asking, like, what? Uh, why is it that this game? And, and maybe the premise is yes, of course, we need to to be competitive, but. All of these changes and whatever were sort of brought about by the same premise, which is that this should be a real close enough to a real game. And I'm kind of I'm kind of curious if we're all accepting of that well, premise. Can I, can I, hey Hector, you you can answer this one first. And also, if you could, um, whatever fixes that you would like to personally see implemented to to go to, to echo Mike's question and then give us a solve, uh, the floor is yours. Um. I just like it the way it is right now. Um, I think it's more of just like waiting and seeing how it kind of evolves. Like I, I'm hoping that next season you can actually like televise like when the teams are going to draft the players. <laughs> like that itself will just make it so spicy and so good. Agreed. Um, and like it's just adding more feel to that like wonderful like NBA narrative that like Twitter loves because half the time it's not about the games. It's about like the things around it and just like – randomly picking or randomly seeing who's going to be picked first or who's going to be picked last will just like make it even better because as you're going to the game you know like the person that got picked last is like going to hop on the court now finally like he has something to prove twitter will be all about that and i think yeah i think it'll work out for the best mike did you have a solve in mind that you wanted to throw out there because i know uh, you, i mean you, you hate it what it's do you weird want to, do? to call it solve though because i think we can all agree that whatever works it worked this yeah. time i'm just I'm just wondering, like, if where the premise is like appropriate. Like, you guys were all talking about how you kind of. I I never like All Star games. <laughs> I, I I just. I mean, I didn't. I like the end of that All Star game. I didn't like the build up, and I didn't like. I don't. I just don't. It's not something I'm like particularly wild about. It's like a fun night, but I'm more thinking like, man, I really want a night off from watching basketball. I don't need. I I, I don't need that game to feel like a real game. But I think a lot of people do. Like, am I in the minority? On that, or like, does it? Why does it really matter that it feels that it was competitive? Like, why? Wh- is I also that a- feel like I'm in the minority because I don't need that game to be competitive either. We have like, how many games are in NBA season? Each team plays 82. I can't, I'm not good at math, but there's a lot of freaking basketball for us to watch. Mm-hmm. And so, and others, and then you know, come spring, there's a lot of really good basketball to watch. So I feel like I'm in the minority of like. I'm okay for one night watching dudes be ridiculous. Like, let's see Anthony Davis score how many points he scored last year. Like, I'm okay with it. I don't care. I like that the game was close at the end. That made it fun. Um, But the game was ugly and wasn't that fun to watch until 
LeBron turned it on and said, okay, let's go win this game. Then it was fun. But like, I personally don't need that. I like the weekend because as Hector was saying, the league is half entertainment and it's a huge weekend of entertainment. So let the guys go be silly and have fun and enjoy themselves. Because also, can you imagine if somebody got hurt in that game because we wanted it to be competitive? Right. That's, we would, yeah. That would be the end. And so I don't want that. I would rather have a 200 to 202 game with uh, somebody being ridiculous and we had just fun watching it than, you know, like trying to actually make it a game seven of the finals because we'll get that. We don't need it. On February eighteenth, right? I mean, can you imagine what, what if if Joel Embiid, you know, when he's going out to block oh, Westbrook, hyper extends his knee, right? Yeah, your reaction the next day? Yeah, I, I mean, you knew leading up to this, I didn't want him participating in the weekend, let alone all three nights. But right, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely that. Or Westbrook goes up for a play and lands on someone's ankle. He's been nursing for the last two weeks. Like, right, guys took pre-existing injuries into this weekend and said fuck it to him and have continued to. Like Westbrook had an ankle, and Bede sat out the game for the All Star break with an ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go down the list. There's multiple guys who have been nursing yeah. small injuries. What, that was just it last year? It. Was it last year that Kyle Lowry re- hurt his wrist in the game, yeah. or was that? Was no, it was that, two years ago. I think. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I but believe it's two yeah, now. But yeah. Like DeRozan took a weird spill in the second quarter of the game. Like um, he was kind of getting like rode up the sideline by um, Paul George and like landed a little awkwardly. And I'm like, well, his wrist gets folded under there. And all of a sudden, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference becomes a pretty bad team. Not bad, but not close to what they were yeah, if DeRozan breaks his wrist. Right, and we've had so many injuries yeah, already this year. We can't year. afford anymore. So to that point, Wendy, yeah, I agree. Now, I'll ask this, Zito, there's more for you here because the novelty of it is what I'm interested in. But, like, the NHL said, screw it. We're going to move to three teams that play a round robin of three-on-three, like their overtime rules. Would you be interested in seeing something that's, to Mike's point here, less five-on-five traditional basketball but still exploring the space of what's fun within the game of basketball, if that's three-on-three, if that's, you know... Exploring the space. This is how I know you've been in too many pitch meetings. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Sorry, guys. Let's let's use this runway to explore the space. (laughs) No, I Um, feel you, though. You're basically saying, why does it have to be a game? Yeah, like, Zito, why does it have to be five-on-five? And and would you you personally want to watch, like, the best three-on-three tournament possible with the winning team each taking home, like, a million bucks a pop? Something to incentivize them? Oh, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm... Mm. I don't like the limited imagination that we have when we're dealing with things that allow us to be imaginative. Mm-hmm. So in the case of the All-Star or the All-Star weekend, it's just like this weekend is to celebrate basketball and we literally just repeat the same formats of the regular games. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's that's fine, but that's not all basketball is. Right? There's different types of basketball. So if it was three on three, I would love it. Because mm-hmm. three on three basketball is really fun and it's really competitive and it's like it's harder, right? Because you don't have like the much or as many people, and people get more tired. So, I would I would like a three on three or something else, even if it's like a one v one situation, right? <laughs> you you each team gets to, like nominate whoever they want to go one v one against the person. Like I think in the us, it's such the, soccer talk one v one. Yeah, but like in the All Star game, I remember LeBron was guarding Embiid yeah, towards yeah. the end. And I was like, they're going against each other. I'm like, that would be fun to see, yeah. like, LeBron. Like, Embiid gets nominated, and then LeBron takes it upon himself to try to stop him. It's like a big <laughs> game of one-on-one-on-one, like the drills you used to play, or three-on-two, two-on-one. Yeah. What if they just There's did so it? many fun drills that I would love you, to see All-Stars doing. What if they just did a 21 yeah. game? A game of 21 would be fantastic. Yeah. I, I, yeah, game of 21 would be wonderful. 
I just no. think I just like why do we go through the pretense of the first three quarters when they're gonna try at the end? Like why not just <laughs> sure. I I I get it that they need some downtime and they need to not try, but I'd rather have a system that's more like the the like big idea, pie in the sky idea I've got is that you play seven pickup games of seven minutes each, and between each of the games there's like a commercial and then there's a break and they play, you know, like like they play knockout yeah. or they do some other sort of contest. Like in the middle. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, like how, you know when you play Mario Party and you get the um, what's it called? The you guys do the the breakout challenge. I, I, yeah, I know you what know what I'm about. saying. Oh, when everyone plays together. What's the what's that what's that thing called? A party. No, Not you guys the- all play Mario <laughs> Party. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> It's been a while, but yeah. yeah, yeah I, th- you- I think we call that uh, last Saturday for me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right. No, I mean, it's a, it's like what? You play like the – and that would be like – that would be what you do during the break. And then you tally all the points off and up in some way. And whoever had the most wins would yeah. – or sign a point total would be the MVP. I don't know. I just think something like that is is better. I mean, it's hard to complain about this All-Star game. It was pretty cool yeah. in the end. I just – you know – I, I think this is a bit of a relic from a previous time. Like it used to be, I think that the All Star Game was a showcase where people could actually see people that they don't see very often, and it was like something to have mm-hmm. all the best stars congregating together. And because you wouldn't be, you would actually be able to see, you know, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan as teammates, or yeah, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to see those people as often. But now these guys are everywhere, so I don't know if it like has the same function. Yeah, I, I, in general, I thought it was cool though seeing. You know, Western Conference and Eastern Conference players together, like seeing Giannis and uh, Embiid and and Steph like on the same team is something that for me was just like really cool. I know it's something you could think about, but just seeing it actually play out was was cool. Um, I do want to move on uh, while we have everyone here to Saturday night. Um, yes, let's start. That's we'll, a simple let's, question. We're man. not going to do the skills competition because um, it just doesn't warrant us talking about it. It's it's basically like hey. Let's do some warm-ups for what you would do at a traditional practice at 50% pace uh, and then have a three-pointer at the end. Like, well, it's it's funny you say warm-ups because, like, the one of the points that Zito made in another piece he said is that, like, we complain about some of these events because they're essentially practice. Yeah, and they're not being taken that seriously. Like, well, no one went, no one ever goes hard in that competition. In that competition, but I think in, in, in general, I think Zito's point was that when you practice, you're, you're testing the limits of what you can do. Mm-hmm. This is especially, I think, true in the dunk contest that everyone always complains about. By the way, (laughs) did Donovan Mitchell deserve to win? Uh, I'm going to say yes, just because, I mean, we've pretty much seen every dunk. But I think that dunk was creative enough and also had sort of the glitz and glamour behind it. Which dunk? The last uh, Uh, the Vince Carter one. The Vince Carter dunk. Yeah. Um, So because I saw that that most people were complaining about that one. Yeah, Ben's Um, shaking his head right now. (laughs) <laughs> no, but but I think it was fine. It was a good combination of just like a really impressive dunk and the showmanship that goes like around the whole thing. Um, yeah. And I think because of that, it was really well and it did deserve to win just slightly. Hmm. How about Whitney? What do you think? You were there too. Yeah. Um, I think it's like hard to say because I don't think that Dennis Smith Jr. should have been knocked out as early as he did. Therefore, it's like hard for me to judge the rest of it because I want to see what else he had. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I got tired walking around 
uh, All-Star Weekend because I walk so much. And it's really hard for me to critique dudes that are flying over people <laughs> and, like, <laughs> doing ridiculous stuff when, like, I got worn out walking up the steps. So I'm like, I just, I just try to enjoy it. I don't get really caught up in the who should have won, who shouldn't have. I thought Larry Nance's double tap dunk was really cool. Um I really like Dennis Smith Jr.'s dunk that, you know, you'd make it pass. So I don't really get wrapped up in who wins or who loses. I try to just enjoy it in the moment um, because, again, like, it's it's really, like, we're, we're so used to seeing it that we forget how, like, freakish the things that they're doing are. I see – I cannot agree more. I don't understand why we get so worked up over the dunk contest. I'm, uh, can I, I never I, understand this. Go ahead, Zito. No, I just said like we. I was just answering Mike's question. Like we just need things to be worked out about. Like that's it. There's no reason people are mad about the dunk contest or like the All Star game not being competitive, except yeah. like it's something to talk about. It's okay. something to be anxious. But here's my question. I agree. I agree. Okay. Yes, we always need something to be angry about. And allow me to become angry about something even less consequential than is the dunk contest. Can, can, we, can we please? Which is, can we finish the dunk contest real quick? No, no. I just want to say, <laughs> my point about this is, why are we so? Why are people so upset about the dunk contest? And nobody is like ever says what's wrong with the three point contest. When, like, why is it the dunk contest gets all the 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 griping and the oh there's. They didn't do anything original, and the wrong guy won, and all this. Where like nobody ever like provides any other scrutiny for any other part of the All Star Weekend it's other a, than the game. Isn't this obje- no, objective versus subjective? Yeah, right. Like the dunk contest is judged on cre- like creativity and aesthetics, where the all- the three point contest you have a scoring system. It's like figure skating versus like I don't know, like running. Okay. Right? That, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. That yeah. That versus, explains that explains how people are mad about the winner. But what I don't understand is the critiques about the overall event, where it's like, yeah. this was not interesting. Well, this so, was okay. not original. This was this was not good. Like the dunk contest has run its course. I mean, we canceled the damn thing twenty years ago for crying out loud for two ball. I mean, how how <laughs> ridiculous does that decision look yeah. now? And yet nobody well, has ever. Also, well, they're also judging it against. The really right because you don't judge it against the failed dunk contest, you judge the dunk contest every year against the really, really good ones, right? So, like, yeah. people aren't looking like the dunk contest this year is being judged against the dunk contest last year. You're looking like this year is being judged against like what Vince Carter did, but why? Right? Like, I don't understand. It. No, it's because we've that's seen how, it. That's, like, that's how, right? Like, how, how many things do you judge about like what you did previously versus your best? That's right. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. I, you just... know, I could not agree more. Like, I, the bottom line is Donovan Mitchell, who's an incredible in-game dunker and still had some really good dunks in the dunk contest. Um, like, he did Vince Carter's dunk worse than Vince Carter did Vince Carter's dunk. Uh, <laughs> the novelty of wearing Vince's uniform got him points. I have a big point I want to make here, though, which two things. Number one, you can't have a dunk contest panel of people who – and this is me taking it more seriously than I should because all yeah. the things you guys have said about not caring, all that, I agree with that. But having a panel with one person who can who can dunk and Lisa Leslie being a second, who, again, two total, but the rest being in the NBA dunk contest world or in the NBA itself, only one of the panel people had ever dunked. But I'm going to give two because I know Lisa Leslie's an in-game dunker herself. And that's two Are of you- the – 
Are you suggesting yeah. that DJ Khaled can, yeah. does not has never experienced so, a slam dunk? Yeah. So that that guy, DJ Khaled, <laughs> who Mike had to ask again, I believe on Twitter this weekend. Okay, again, I, someone remind me why that guy is famous. And I, I, revealed, some pretty good reasons. I revealed how much of a square yeah, I was yeah. with that one. I'm but, sorry. That's okay. But the point <laughs> is, like, I think that the uh, NBA dunk contest should take some notes from the Olympics right now, and I think that all the scoring should be done. And this is my um, my not hot take whatsoever. But the scoring should be just like. Um, snowboarding is on the half pipe or half pipe for any of these things everyone gets three runs or skiing in general three runs that way everyone gets three dunks and the best score should be the winner now you're saying well everyone will have 50s well i think it should be 9.9 9.8 9.1 make these people actually if they're gonna have judges make them think remotely critical for a second about what they're doing and that way you might have someone who gets a 50 if it's like the best dunk but if it's just a great dunk that someone else has already done and you do it a little bit worse than they did wearing their jersey, maybe you get a 47.8 and that's your top score. The idea mm. being that each person gets three dunks. That way we don't have a situation like Whitney said where the guy who had the best dunk of the tournament of the of the competition, arguably in Dennis Smith, the guy who probably had the most creative dunk, the double tap by Nance, aren't there saying my dunk was the best one but I'm not even there to be a part of the championship or to be in, like to win it. So right. I think there's ways to solve this that don't change the format and just make it a little bit more of, of a fan event, which is give me all the guys. There's four total people. I want to see Oladipo make the first dunk that he tried because that was probably the hardest difficulty of any dunk that anyone tried the whole night. The flip side, though, is that if you say that, then you get Nate Robinson trying 16 yeah, times to do the yeah, same dunk. and that so, sucked. That's true. Uh, but the po- I guess maybe you have some, some levels, but yeah. I, I just think there's ways to make it uh, even better fan experience where we don't have – you know. I, I thought that Dennis Smith Jr. had the best dunk of the night. I thought pretty by pretty good margin. Yeah, I think he had the best dunk of the night yeah. for sure. No um, question. Now here's a question. Like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. but it's weird. Like there's competitions like in the Olympics with snowboarding or like snowboarding or uh, <clears throat> skiing mm-hmm. that has that. Where it's like, yeah, you have three runs, but we keep your best run. That's right. Like and then we come to like dunk contest, which is like I, I would imagine it should have been the same way. Yeah. Because then now you have to like co- like consistently try to increase the difficulty of your dunks, which is a really hard thing to ask for human beings. Yeah. So like, all right, you did a reverse under leg, and you got a fifty for it, but the other guy got a forty eight, and now we're on the next round, and you to and now you have to try to beat the fifty that you had because yeah. this guy might fifty dunk is like. No. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Plus, we don't know if we're seeing everyone's best dunk because maybe they were saving it for the final round. Well, that's, and That's just the way. I guess like, that's strategy. Do your best dunks, yeah. and then we either you want to total up the score or you yeah. want to like take the best score so, and do that. I have a question for those for Hector and Whitney who were there because I think this is sort of an interesting divide that you get with the dunk contest. Like, slow-mo or no slow-mo? Right. I mean, so <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It felt like like owning the crowd at these events and like it, it this is what i think people miss about this event is that's a visceral emotional reaction you're just that's the whole point did donovan mitchell's dunks like have a louder crowd reaction than some of the other ones and that was a factor the the loudest reaction i remember is the build-up of larry nance getting everyone to realize what he had done mm. uh interesting i feel like, I feel like you mean the I second like dunk that's what yeah, the, the tap, the double tap. Mm-hmm. I feel like the momentum and because L.A. loves him, um, I feel like he had the most crowd reaction. Hector may feel differently, um, but I feel like that 
momentum buildup of him standing in front of the scorers bench and like getting everybody to look. And he was like looking up at the scoreboard and they were showing it back. I felt like that was like one of the biggest moments of the night in terms of the crowd reaction. I actually agree. I mean, it was weird how the crowd transformed on that particular dunk. Like he like threw it down and it was really anticlimactic. Everyone was like, oh, well, that was that was fine. But like in a split second, everyone realized that there's going to be a replay. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, wait, did he just like like hit it off the bat off the backboard and then slam it? And then once everyone saw the replay, they're like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, so just seeing everyone's reaction like that was was just beautiful. Um, yeah. And actually, now that I were talking to like just dunk contest, mm-hmm. I I'm just comparing it. My brain always goes to pro wrestling. Like, um, what pro wrestling does uh, now? It's it's always looking towards like the past of like, like the early 2000s, and it's always like trying to pay homage or live up to it. And I feel like in a certain way, sort of the dunk contest is doing that too. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely. seeing it with the Larry Nance. You're seeing that with the Donovan Mitchell, like Vince Carter, like. That's nice, but I also would welcome someone just saying, like, no, forget that. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go off on this, like, tangent or, like, this tertiary thing and just do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that is always the interesting tension of the dunk contest. Yeah. I also think that certain people have visually thrown wrenches into what our imagination and reality uh, can append together. So – Zach Levine, I think, is – I mean, Vince Carter is my favorite dunker of all time. The fluidity and symmetry of his body is, like, unmatched. Like, every dunk he made was, like, technically perfect looking. And obviously he could fly. Zach Levine broke the whole paradigm of, like, what we expect from a distance and height. He's just the best jumper. His fluidity was incredible. He, he – every dunk that we saw this past weekend, Zach Levine could have done a few months after his ACL injury. I'm That's sure. the fucking yes. reality. That's the craziest part. I mean, that is true. Yeah. It's interesting you point to fluidity. I mean, that to me is why I actually think Mitchell deserved to win is that, you know, technically he didn't pull off as many spins as Dennis Smith did on that dunk yeah. or he didn't do something as unique as the double tap. Although, you know, remember Dwight Howard did that 10 years ago, so I don't know how unique it is. But, yes, still like creative. But he looked the part. He looked most like he was flying out of all those guys. I mean, he looked Dennis most Smith graceful looked like on TV. Okay. And I think... We are literally judging figure skaters right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> his eloquence um, in the hand, his, his offhand. He, looked, yeah. he, he had so much soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like the ice dancer uh, commentators on the two Canadian uh, skaters last night. Did you guys watch that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I love her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but no, but in all seriousness, like it is a sense that they are way more similar than they are different. The two like figure skating and, yeah. and dunking. It's like we're watching a beauty contest and like it should go to the person who looks most over most graceful in the air. It shouldn't, in my opinion, go to the one that does the best technical dunk. And that that's a little unfair. But I mean, you, the way you, we speak of these great dunkers, we don't necessarily speak of them as like what I mean, some of them at times we do. We say we can say like, wow, they pulled off this 360 spin, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like it's more about the visceral reaction you get out of seeing someone. I mean, like Dominique Wilkins essentially is a bit, one of the best dunkers of all time. Like he had one move for a dunk, but he made it look so incredible. Mm-hmm. 
That's how I thought well, that. Like double-edged sword with that too, right? Is hmm. that uh, there are some dunkers who make it look so easy that they don't like. It doesn't look like you have to make it look easy, but kind of look hard that the audience yeah. doesn't. You you're doing like something that's too easy, right? That's to go Aaron Gordon, where you do something that's so ridiculous, but it looks like perfectly, yeah. like aesthetically perfect. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely in my head, and I'll admit it, factoring into how I viewed this past dunk contest. I already said it was Zach Levine, but what Gordon and Levine did was like raise the bar 20 years into the future of dunks, and then we had to bring it back into the present, which right. is just part of the reality. Sometimes you get these hyper-athletes who are also star players who also have you know a little bit of that shine we're talking about for, for what you need to hype the crowd up. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, it's just not a dunk contest. But, Mike, real quick, um, and everyone here – I like the three-point contest. Oh, no. uh, I would love to know if everyone else on this on this phone here or over Skype um, is a fan. So, uh, again, Whitney, Hector, you guys were, were there. Um, do you like the three-point contest? Uh, I like it generally. I thought that this one they appeared tired or something. <laughs> they um, some bad shooting. Because they just, they just didn't shoot that well. I generally like it because I like to see guys get hot and I'm like a huge, you know, throwback Larry Bird fan when he won the three-point contest. Like, generally, I like it. I did think that this one didn't go that well, attacking Devin Booker. Um, but as a general thing, I like watching guys get hot. And I like watching guys shoot three-pointers. So um, I don't have any problems with it. So it's just me. Yeah, I me mean, neither. <laughs> it's, it's just it, me. It, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, how – how can you improve on that? It's just like a sort of a skills-based yeah. thing. Um, but then you get those nice surprises like a Devin Booker. I mean, he was on like a second-to-last rack, and he had already won. Yeah. Um, that was incredible to watch live. Like, you just I like were just in that. awe. So, so seeing seeing a guy like Booker go off like he did for a, a record. Now, granted, they've changed changed the rules over the years. Yeah, but Quote-unquote record. Yeah, he set a, a new record by the new laws uh, – or new rules, I'm sorry, of the three-point contest. Seeing that live, how did that compare, if you can even make the comparison, to the best dunk that you saw this weekend as well? Like, what, what was more of a, a spectator treat? I think that seeing Devin Booker go off and then knowing that Clay Thompson was coming mm. – um, was one of the most exciting things because you, as good as Devin Booker was, like you thought Clay maybe could beat him. <laughs> um, so watching, so that just whole sequence of like watching Booker go off and then like knowing that you might actually get something better because one of the great three, three point shooters of all time is about to step up. That part was cool. And then it was pretty clear that, that Clay wasn't going to get it, but um, seeing that live was, was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I'm the only one who yeah, does not like this competition. I like, I like it. I like that the best shooters in the league, for the most part, you know, Steph wasn't in it this year, but Clay was there. Uh, Devin Booker obviously has been oh, banged yeah, we, up this year, but he's one of the best shooters. We were in having the NBA. this discussion earlier. Like yeah. I don't under even the premise the best shooters there does not make sense to me because Steph wasn't there. Okay. Um, but you Steph's also been were saying in the three point you, you, contest the, before. No, he has, but he wasn't like, there this time. Okay, like, but in general, the participants in the three point contest usually mirror. The season happening and the overall sc- uh, scope of three-point shooters in the league participate. I mean, Daquan Cook and Marco Bellinelli are winners, and Jace Capone are win- past winners of this competition. Capone was as good of a three-point shooter as there was. Hey, hey, thank you. Jason was good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, he, he performed well. I'm just – so <laughs> there were three all-stars out of eight in the three-point shootout, correct? Uh, Clay, Kyle Lowry, and uh, Bradley Beal. Okay, yeah. Paul right. 
Oh, yeah, Paul I guess Paul George was in there, too. Okay, three of the original eight All-Stars, um, let's say. Yeah. There was, that's like, what, 30-something percent? Okay, and there was, and you're saying 25% of the dunk contest. 25% of the dunk contest was an All-Star. <laughs> I, I just think this, like, premise that um, all the good players do the three-point contest and don't do the dunk contest is, like, kind of flawed. Okay, over the years, the best three-point shooters have all, from Larry freaking Bird uh, to <laughs> Steph Curry, have participated in the three-point contest. We have yet to see the most generational players of this current generation participate in a dunk contest. Okay. LeBron hasn't. I'm sure KD well, could dunk from halfway. Too, right? like, What's up? One has, like the dunk contest, you can actually get hurt. or <laughs> you at, like, Okay, so my thing with the dunk contest has always been like a lot of really good athletes or the best athletes, the best players in the league aren't creative dunkers because that's not the point when you're playing in a game. The point is just to get the ball in the hoop, right? Mm-hmm. Right. LeBron dunks forcefully. And, like, you have, like, Giannis who dunks, like, you know, forcefully as well. It's usually a forceful dunk because you have to get it above somebody. It's not the best players who are the best creative dunkers because the best creative dunkers are usually guys who can jump really high, and that's one of their best attributes. Right. Where the best players right. are, like, multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the reason why, like the shooting, shooting is shooting everywhere, but Duncan in game versus Duncan creatively are two completely different things. I think that's why I like the dunk contest and hate the three point shootout. Yeah, because there's, there's nothing creative about the right. three point shoot. If I want to see, if I want to see people get hot, I'll watch YouTube highlights of Clay Thompson's sixty point game, or I'll watch a basketball game where I can see it most <laughs> of the time. Um, I cannot. The dunk contest is the only the only event where I can see that stuff. I can see other dunks in a game, but like like Zito said, it's a totally different purpose. Like the dunk contest is an event that stands alone on the calendar. The three point contest is something I see every night, and I just yeah, like, I never understand the appeal of it. People always argue that I think even Skip Bayless, sorry about bringing him up, said that like the three point <laughs> contest is not better than the dunk contest. And my problem with that was, like, it just can never be because a three-point contest doesn't have creativity. Right. I do not understand that point of view at all. The dunk contest can disappoint you. The three-point contest can't disappoint you because it's the same thing. It's like some of the Olympics, though, Like right? Like, you watch Olympics for different things. Like, you watch um, track and field to literally see who is the best runner. Like, Mm -hmm. so I want to see who is the best three point shooter. Then I'll watch the, I'll watch gymnastics because I want to see somebody be creative and see what cool stuff they do. Therefore I watch the dunk contest for the creativity. I don't need both of those to give me the same experience. I like it. The one is straight up dudes just like shooting the hell out of the ball. And the other one is dudes jumping out of the gym. Like I like both of them. I agree. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. And I do like sprinting, so maybe yep. I'm being hypocritical And I here. do like that you used only summer Olympic references, um, because who cares? Wow. Winter well, Olympics, I'm not, anyhow. I'm not, that, I'm not that good with the Olympic ones, or the winter ones. None of us are, no, because we're not from Norway. Curly? <laughs> Did you curling see the, that an Olympic athlete from Russia got in trouble for juicing? And curling? And curling? I did see that. Hey, you gotta win. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're not, I don't what? care if I don't care if the Olympic sport is shooting paper balls in a basket, right? <laughs> I would imagine there's some dude over there who's juicing so he can make the best. Paper. What What is the What is the drug of choice for the shooting a piece of paper into a trash can event? <laughs> Weed. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's a you know one has to answer that question. No one's to get in yeah. trouble there. Um, that, that is a good point about the difference of events. I just yeah. I think we it's never a good... we never say that like track and or we never say that like gymnastics is like kind of bore like disappoints us because we don't see the most creative stuff. Yeah, I I just think that one we of say the things... it disappoints us for different reasons, obviously. But one thing right we need now. to realize, and this is a great point you were making, uh, Mike and Zito too, about the types of dunkers that there are. So like. You can be equally wowed or wooed or whatever the right word is. Wowed, I guess, not wooed, but impressed wooed. by. <laughs> moved, moved to wanting to be in a relationship with a dunk in a game that we've seen. Like I, For all of us, I'm sure an in-game dunk is more impressive than any dunk. A, a top-notch in-game dunk over someone is always going to be, the, for me at least, the most impressive dunk there is. It's, give me, give me, it's a different experience. It's a different experience, say. but talk about like visceral things. Talk about like this idea of someone tried to stop that dunk and that you still did that dunk um, is is really impressive. But I do think that because the the ability for guys in games to dunk at such high levels, because we've you know our, our eyes have been um, desensitized to, we've seen the windmills, we've seen the three sixties. We watched Dennis Smith Jr. go between his legs three sixty and switch hands to dunk it offhand, offhand, left hand, yeah. Going right to left, and and that was still like all everyone watching live at home, watching with slow mo advantage. Um, you could see how incredible that is, but it's not something that you're like, wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Because you know the dunk the dunk game has been raised extremely high. Watching Larry Nance's dunk that he pulled off, um, like his like his father did, that's a great dunk. I love that cradle, you know, kind of running perpendicular to the basket. He was running away from the hoop in the way he he dunked it. Um, that's a great dunk. It looked really cool, but again, we've seen it before. And I think part of this is just understanding what, you know, getting used to knowing that dunks can be made better, but they're not going to be made original. Yeah, and that's well, just it's, part a, of it's a really weird thing too, right? Because like the dunking, the dunk contest isn't just about like what they can do with their bodies. It's also like a huge thing about imagination, mm-hmm. which is why people started going back to just like paying homage to old dunks. Mm-hmm. Because you have to think, like, to do something original, you have to, like, think outside of the bounds of all the dunks that have been done in the dunk contest. And almost every type of dunk has been done in the dunk contest. So you have to, like, not only do you have to be able to do these wild things, you have to be able to actually, like, think of these new and brand ideas, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's very hard. (laughs) Alas. Um, We've gone long. Yeah, real quick before we wrap up – Whitney and Hector, what was the what are what is the weirdest thing you saw uh, from the round the premises at All Star Weekend? The weirdest thing. The thing mm-hmm. that like you found on the ground, like being there, that you would never be able to notice, or like the story that you got. You know what? You should let Hector talk about it. Go ahead, Hector. <laughs> that's that's what it should be. Is it the hot dogs? <laughs> Is it the hot dogs? I think it's the hot dogs for me. Um, <laughs> I was I was I was on a mission that day. So just so everybody's clear, uh, Hector spent was it one day or the entire weekend? I think you you might have. It was uh, Saturday. I had three. Okay. So and then Sunday I had the other six. Okay. So two uh, days yeah. eating. I didn't realize that the Staples Center had so many variations of hot dogs, but apparently it does. And so you spent two days sampling all of them and rating them, correct? Or did you just list them or just judging them, maybe not necessarily ranking them? 
Uh, it wasn't necessarily a ranking, although I do have a favorite. It was just mostly detailing my journey into eating all the hot dogs at Staples Center. Um, but you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought. I would definitely not recommend it. Um, <laughs> but it, it it was at some point it was easy, and I pictured myself like finishing them all. Um, I think by okay, I had the three on Saturday, and then um, before the game started, I already had three. So this was before the like long introduction, mm-hmm. which was really just super helpful for me um, because I did not want to eat those hot dogs, um, and I was just waiting for the that show to be over. And once the game started, I devoured the three pretty easy. Halftime, went back down, got another two, and then at that point, I was like, oh my god, this is way <laughs> hard. There's a lot of bread in these. Like, I think that's the thing that like messed me up. <laughs> um, fourth quarter, like, and I wrote about this, like, once the NBA player started caring and I had, like, two bites of the last hot dog, I'm like, okay, they're, they're caring, they're giving it their all, I guess I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> Oh my god! It's it's, it's the same um, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, if, if LeBron can try on defense for two minutes, I can have two bites of hot of a, of my ninth hot dog. Exactly. Actually, that was the eighth, and like I felt okay about it. After walking around trying to find my way, like uh, outside of Staples Center, I was telling Whitney, like, okay, we're gonna find one more hot dog. There's gonna be like a a hot dog cart somewhere around here. Um. Just our luck, it started, like, raining a little bit. So, for some reason, everyone was gone. It looked completely <laughs> deserted. And I was like, no, it, it can't end this way. It can't. <laughs> so we literally walked around for a little, like, for, you know, like, five, like, minutes uh, just around the block. And we couldn't find anything. And then, luckily, as we were, like, heading towards the direction of the hotel, like, off the, like, a corner, I saw, like, a just a nice, like, illuminated hot dog cart like calling my name and then i got that <laughs> it turned out to be the best one wow uh and i was i was so happy just hanging out wow. um so it was a beautiful moment um we were we just like hung out there like by the cart, and the person who sold uh me the hot dog like took a photo of me and whitney just hanging out and oh my he's like <laughs> check this out and i'm like that's a wonderful photo. Just he took like a, a, a legit candid photo of Hector. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, finishing I'm number moving. nine. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let let this be a lesson to all journalism students listening to this to this podcast. Uh, be persistent in your story angle. Don't give up. Uh, go the extra mile where someone else will not go, and fortune will favor the bold. Mm. That is the lesson. Yeah, I, I mean. I tweeted it out kind of as a joke and like people really wanted to see it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit to this. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I mean, the the easier part was just because we did like Whitney and I did so much running around the entire weekend. Like there wasn't enough time to like eat. I remember one day, I think it might've been the Friday where I had like breakfast at like 10 30 PM. So that like <laughs> helped out like a ton looking back. Mm, uh, there's but extra yeah, room in your stomach, fun. is what you're saying. Yes, just Got it was just 
know, d- days filled with like caffeine and water. <laughs> Having said that, I would not recommend anyone doing that. <laughs> Whitney, what was your favorite part of All-Star Weekend or most memory that you took away that uh, can indicate how weird this event is? Yeah, All-Star Weekend is just a lot. Uh, there's a million things going on. You can't possibly get to everything. So when you're there, even when you're there, there's like a sense of, of FOMO going on because like you're at the dunk contest and you suddenly see that Kanye's at the Adidas warehouse that you were just at earlier in the day. So, like, it's just kind of a idea of just, like, as to Zito's point, how big the NBA is. And especially in a place like L.A., um, there was just so much going on all weekend. Um, it, it was really cool to see, but I, my favorite part was none of that. It was on the very first night, uh, Hector and I went to uh, the Nike space. It's a maker space where they make... You, I don't know how you exactly are selected to make the shoes, but um, the night we were there, it was a local uh, basketball team, high school basketball team, um, and they spent the evening creating shoes with Kobe, um, and we were in the space with them while they did that. Mm. Um, so that was a really cool, that was a really cool experience that just kind of shows like there's so much else that goes on besides the stuff that's happening on the court. It's good for the city, it's good for the community, it's good for the local youth they get to spend time with players like the weekend is just a really cool event um aside from complaining about you know did we like somebody's dunk or not it, it's a it's a cool experience uh, last question and this will this will be the final thing and uh, is there a particular all-star that stood out to you um from a personality standpoint accessibility um overall just like a cool guy whoever whoever that may be i don't want to be a homer but like victor <laughs> oladipo continues to impress me um just with how personable mm. he is, he he gave one of the nicest. Uh, we asked all the players about who would be on their bobsled team. Uh, Vic gave one of the nicest answers. Paul George didn't answer, so you know. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> how, how did it make you feel to see Paul George bricking away his three point contest? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't wish poorly on anyone. <laughs> I don't want anyone to do bad. He did terrible, so I don't need to wish anything for him. He like he did bad enough on his own. Um, but like, and then Vic like dancing, uh, at the, at the practice, like he just continues to, I think it's cool that he's in a, a new light now. Cause I think he's a pretty cool dude and has a cool story. And, um, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by him. Cool. Hector, anybody for you? Uh, yeah, it was actually the very first person I talked to and it was Tobias Harris. Huh. Hmm. Um, he was just very chill. I asked them the bobsled question. Some other NBA players were like, well, that's just a weird thing, but I'll answer it. Um, Tobias was like, yes, I'm ready for this. Like, <laughs> I've thought about this before. Um, and then um, like he said he wouldn't have Boban on it because he's too tall, um, which <laughs> yeah. I mean makes sense. But then I started asking him about like sort of like his Instagram and like Twitter adventures and how like him and Boban are like the best of friends when even when they were in like Detroit. Now they're over here um, with the Clippers. And I just asked them if, like, if there's, you know, if there's going to be, like, uh, a, like, YouTube channel in the works. And he's like, yeah, you know what? We're, we're going to do this. And he just seemed <laughs> genuinely happy that I asked him about just this wonderful friendship. Well, now you have to write that up and put it on the website. <laughs> Sorry. I like that. Tobias. That's fine. <laughs> he actually acquitted himself quite well in the three-point contest. So Yeah, I mean, he, he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, in case our listeners don't know, Tobias and Boban have a – Boban Marjanovic have a little bit of a – I don't know how to describe it. It's like just sort of – I feel like it's not doing it justice to call it a bromance. I feel like there's some other word for what they have that I can't – it's not on the tip of my tongue right now. Uh, it's – I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, 
Bovine's like a different species, man. <laughs> like, I, I'd be asking him questions about all kinds of daily life stuff. Like, what, yeah. how high is the ceiling in your shower? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, how do you how do you clean your ears? Stuff yeah. like that. Because uh, he guy is right. an absolute marvel. I will say, we used to have a, a friend, uh, a fr- one of good friends of ours. Uh, his he's good buddies with um, Kyle Anderson on on the Spurs, and used to say Bowen was one of the the best guys, one of the people you'd always want to sit next to on the. Uh, on the airplane because it was just hilarious. Really, yeah. I would think that you wouldn't want to sit next to him because he well, takes get lot, up all your legs. They all get a lot of space. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. There's <laughs> a great uh, picture you sent us once of, of Boban uh, hand um, holding. I'm sorry, like um, a ginger ale can. It's just a normal ginger ale can, like I don't know Seagrams or something like that. And it it looks like a Monopoly thimble in his hand. Like it's, <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But, oh my god. Uh, oh god. But what, what would you call that Boban Tobias Harris thing? It's just like a really they're just really good friends and they're hilarious. It's like Jefferson and Fry, just modern day. It's, it's the new yeah. NBA. Everyone's from around the world, different ages and so forth. Okay. Okay. Anyhow, all right. All right. Um, that's all we got here. We went we went long. Uh, let's see. Zito, Hector, and Whitney, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's always it's always great to talk to all three of you. Hector, I believe this is my first time talking to you, so thank you for coming on, and, and uh, I'm glad everyone no problem. made it back from L.A. or staying in L.A. in your case, bud, and, and um, hopefully the hot dog situation will quell uh, in your stomach and you'll be back to normal. I hope so, too. <laughs> awesome. All right, Zito, <laughs> uh, Whitney, thanks again, and, and Mike, uh, I'm Ben, and this is the Limited Upside Podcast. Oh.